Welcome back to Whiskey and Water. This is episode number four. My name is Ryan Thompson, and uh, we've had a little hiatus in the Whiskey and Water postings recently. Uh, spent a week down in Mexico a couple weeks ago chasing some fish around, and most recently we had the Thanksgiving holiday. But uh, we're back in the groove, back in the saddle, uh, looking forward to sharing this interview with you. We're joined, uh, while we were in Mexico, we were joined uh, by our friend Dave Randall. And Dave is a super interesting guy. He uh, made his way from Kansas City down to uh, the southern reaches of the Yucatan um, 32-odd years ago and started a fly fishing operation there uh, around that time and, and has been growing that ever since. And most recently, he's been getting his hands dirty with uh, some whiskey distilling and, and some beer brewing. So uh, he's got some great stories. And uh, we drank a little whiskey before, during, and uh, definitely after this interview. So can't speak for Dave, but uh, yeah, I apologize if things get a little rambly at times. But uh, that's what you get when you... Uh, mix uh, whiskey, fishing, and bullshitting. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. This is episode four of Whiskey and Water with our friend Dave Randall. Welcome to Whiskey and Water, episode number four. This is uh, a unique one. We're early on in the, uh, the the Whiskey and Water project, but we are outside of our normal zone in the United States, and we're way down south uh, on the border of Mexico and Belize and the very southern Yucatan in uh, Ishkalak. And we're joined by uh, Dave Randall, who uh, we are lucky to encounter because we came here to fish, came to chase some fish around in Chetamal Bay. And upon arriving at Dave's resort, uh, Costa de Cocos, we learned that he's also uh, distilling some whiskey and brewing some beer, which is uh, unique to Mexico in general and certainly to his area and the Yucatan and uh, the town of Ishkalak, which is all of about 200 people. So, uh, Dave, thanks very much for uh, sitting down and, and uh, enjoying a, a glass of bourbon with us. Well, thank you for coming. It's uh, a real pleasure. So you and I have had a chance to do a lap around your home here, and we're hanging out in your bar, which is absolutely gorgeous. Some incredible uh, hand-carved chairs, the bar, the back bar, the pool table, all um, built and, and carved over time uh, as you've lived here in Ishkalak for uh, north of 30 years. But uh, I want to re rewind the clock a little bit to uh, your first days traveling from Minnesota down to Mexico. And, and uh, can you tell folks about how you ended up here uh, the very bottom end of Mexico, just north of Belize, to begin with? Well, actually, I left out of the Kansas City area, uh, born and raised in Minnesota, moved down to the, the state of Missouri, where I started a catfish hatchery. I ended up building 12 acres uh, underwater, 
And uh, as that matured, uh, after four or five years of getting everything working, as soon as the water hits 58 degrees, the fish go dormant and you've got three or four or five months um, that you can vacation or get off the farm, so to speak. So I traveled around the Gulf of Mexico through um, Playa del Carmen, Isla Mujeres, left that area and went up into Belize. And then somebody had told me about Escalac uh, uh, area, uh, which was very remote back then. There was a pretty much a sand road uh, to it. And uh, I got here about 11.30 one night with a camper and an old Ford truck and bought the lot where we're sitting right now, um, 32, 34 years ago. So you bought a lot 32 years ago, and then what was the initial incarnation that you lived on prior to the beautiful home we're sitting in right now? Uh, prior to this, I had a small one-bedroom uh, home, but I mostly lived in a palapa at the hotel. As I was building it, I would move from room to room to room, and uh, when I married my wife, uh, we built a another apartment above the kitchen and bar, about a thousand square feet, and we lived there for five years before we started building this house. So the hotel you reference is, is Costa de Cocos, and now kind of the, the go-to destination for fly fishing anglers making their way uh, <clears throat> into Ishglak and, and uh, the, the southern part of the Yucatan. What, what was your goal when you came here, you bought this little piece of property? What did you think you were going to be able to accomplish with uh, the, the rooms that you built and the palapas that you built just north of here? Well, when I arrived uh, in Ishgalak, uh, like I said, about 1130 at night, I ended up buying this property by 8 o'clock the next morning. I hadn't even been into town. When I went into town uh, the next day, I met a guy from Tampa, Barry Flaherty, and a guy from South Africa, Caesar Sherrard, who had been coming here for years and filled me in a little bit on the area and said, look, we've got everything down here. Uh, I'm starting a dive shop. The other guy said, I'm gonna start a little fishing thing, but we don't have any rooms to keep anybody. So, um, I would guess it would be like a guy saying that I'm going to buy a boat and sail around the world. I said that, oh, I could build that, build some rooms. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got most of the winter off normally and blah, blah, blah. That turned into a big, big job. And I've never seen Barry Flaherty or Cesar Sherrard in 20 years. Well, uh, you, you certainly get a, a lot of different folks through uh, Costa de Cocos. You guys have 16 palapas now, and you have like kind of a main kitchen uh, bar area, great food, great beverages. We've enjoyed many of uh, both, as well as um, some pretty phenomenal fishing. So when, uh, when you first came here, did you know anything about fly fishing or have any idea of what it would become? I had no clue about fly fishing. I actually um, once had a fish trap with a half a boat full of um, bonefish that I was feeding my workers. I had about 28 uh, Guatemalan or Mexican workers in the beginning clearing out the uh, 
jungle, and um, at that time there were 20, 30 fish traps along the uh, reef here in uh, Eshkolat. Fortunately, at this uh, stage of the game, we have no fish traps, we have no netting, and uh, we've gotten all of the netting out of Chetamal Bay over the last 20 years with a lot of uh, pushing and pulling with the government. It's now become a manatee uh, reserve and um, no netting or fishing in the bay except catch and release. So that was a big plus for our fly fishing. When did you guys start realizing that this was uh, a remarkable destination for those wanting to pursue bonefish, tarpon, permit, and tr begin reaching out to uh, fly fishermen in general? Well, I would say uh, 26, 27 years ago, uh, Dial Duncan built a lodge 70 miles north of us called Paradise Lodge. Um, and it's funny because after three or four years at Paradise Lodge, D uh, Dial sold it to a guide uh, out of uh, Key West and uh, in turn, a few months later, ended up loaning me the money to buy my first uh, two flats boats and gave me a lot of uh, info on how to go about the fly fishing business. So it was a build and learn type of thing. I then had a man out of New Mexico, uh, Mark Cowan, who came in and trained a lot of guides for us and worked with us, I guess, four or five years. Uh, but it's a, it takes a lot of time to groom a fly fishing lodge. I, I, now we have uh, some people that have been back over a dozen times and after the second or third times, they usually bring their wives and then it becomes more of a family-oriented uh, business or destination than a fish camp. And we're kind of at that turning point now. A lot of families coming in. Very cool. So 26, 27 years ago, you, you started you know, realizing that folks could pursue bonefish Permit and tarpon, and and now um, the 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 name Ishkalak as a as a destination is is becoming more and more recognizable to fishermen in the, in the United States. Um, do you uh, where do you guys hope to take this here in in the next few years, or what's your your goals as a as a as an outfitter? Well, right now we're uh, having uh, fly shop owners. Uh, guides out of Alaska, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, put groups together, host groups down to us. That seems to be the working the best for us. We want to uh, take on another three boats maybe next year. Uh, what we've been doing is trying to get our guides up to standards that people who fish Alaska or Colorado want. Uh, the communication sometimes a little tough. We've got a couple of Belizean guys, guys out of Punta Allen that come down and spend a few months with us when we're real busy. And we're bringing on our local guys. If we get our local guys up to grade, then we're in real good shape. Sure, so you got local guys that know the area, they know the bay and the flats, and then you've got Belizean guides where the native 
uh, tongue is English, and then you've got <clears throat> some Punta Allen guys who have some experience with uh, Destination Fly Fishermen coming down, going, yeah, I've, I've seen these folks before. I, I, I might have some clients that, that want to come down in this zone. Um, and the fishing is, uh, as we've seen over the last week, we just fished the last uh, seven days here. Uh, certainly, uh, it's, it's been pretty outstanding. We, ha we had a couple weather challenges, which is to be expected any if you're going to fish anywhere. Um, but uh, seen plenty of bonefish, uh, plenty of permit, and plenty of tarpon. So it, it, all the the you know some of the um, marquee saltwater saltwater sport species that you pursue on a fly are uh, are here and available. And doesn't seem like uh, you guys are willing to just sit back and and just be. A, a hotel or a destination or a, a, a fly fishing lodge you've you've now engaged in uh, a craft distilling process and a craft brewing process that uh, you, you walk me through so um, tell us a little bit about what you guys are, are, are making here on site on your property uh, right now here uh, we've moved out of the hotel and built a home about a mile south of the hotel after 26 years of being on the property day and night uh, we just needed a break so we came down here did a trip to Seattle got interested in uh, br craft brewing bought a little uh, home brew kit started in our uh, kitchen got a little more involved, moved to the garage, and then a year after that, we built a 1,000-square-foot brewery. So now we're up to uh, four different uh, types of beer. We do a pale ale, a red ale, a porter, and now uh, just recently we've perfected a wheat beer. So uh, while we were doing the brewing thing, we got studying and seeing on YouTube and hearing about uh, distilling. So then we started a distilling whiskey, corn whiskey, uh, which moonshine was the big thing uh, throughout uh, Kentucky and Tennessee and stuff back then. Um, so w that has evolved into, uh, we've got about 1,600 gallons of mash going uh, seven days a week. We've got a 500-gallon still and a 100-gallon finishing still and three local guys that we've brought up to uh, our level of distilling. And um, so everything's going pretty good with all that. That's very cool. And the, the process here looks extremely professional and, and uh, pretty remarkable given the relatively remote location. How do you guys compare to some of the other craft distilling and, and craft brewing uh, processes that are happening in Mexico that you know of? Well, we only know of two other that are happening in our state. Uh, one is another American, he's about the same size as us, and a Mexican man that moved in uh, around Tulum area uh, Akamal Brewing, and he does about the same level that we do. Now, we've got about 30 different uh, craft distillers in the country of Mexico, 
the um, government has passed a law where craft distill or craft brewers can sell their product in any bar or restaurant. Uh, the problem's been fighting Superior Beer and Corona Beer, who have dominated the market down here for 50 years. Uh, but uh, it's all changing. It's really coming around. A lot of people pushing and pulling to get craft beer out there and introduce it to the um, nationals who really don't experience it much. Yeah, they've got a very, you know, kind of um, limited set of, uh, of of products available to them. And you're also employing uh, local folks to uh, assist in the process and educating them in, in, a, in a process that is going to be valuable to them, you know, either for you or, or they'll be able to take it elsewhere. The man that uh, actually built the house we're sitting in right now and the brewery that we're brewing in right now has been brewing beer for me for the last two years. And he and I both pretty much got all our skill and knowledge off of YouTube. <laughs> and neither one of us have ever been to school for any of it. We've had guys that have passed through and given us a little bit of knowledge and a little bit of help. But uh, yeah, it's been a... Uh, a real uh, learning experience. That's very cool, and uh, I've been lucky enough to uh, test a little of. Uh, we cracked a barrel tonight. Uh, how old was the stuff that we tested? The stuff we did tonight was about 16 months old. Uh, the stuff I have in a small barrel at the hotel is about 18 months old. I'm looking at two to three years, maybe, with this uh, climate. We're uh, about 88 degrees year-round. Um, using oak beer barrels that were uh, built over in uh, Guadalajara here in country. So uh, anywhere between two and three years to uh, get a finished product. Very cool. So um, so you have two very impressive and, and uh, ingenious entrepreneurial endeavors, both Costa de Cocos, the fly fishing lodge and destination, and then now the, the, the whiskey and brewing process here on your own property. Um, let's start with, uh, with the resort itself. Do you have any goals for the near future, uh, things you'd like to see happen uh, with that place? Well, um, we haven't been diving over the last five years. I'm trying now to get either a, um, a national or a somebody out of the United States to come in as a dive instructor and open our uh, diving back up. Uh, we now have all the permits and uh, paperwork done with the federal government. When they made this area into a marine reserve, a lot of the rules and regulations changed and a lot of political stuff happened. Um, to the local businesses and locals themselves who could and couldn't work in the uh, park. It was kind of a political deal, but we've gotten uh, all that worked out and we're ready to uh, start diving, snorkeling, and we have three boats licensed to fish in the National uh, Marine Park, which is 18 miles long. And it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. Uh, when you leave the Costa Cocos Resort and, and run uh, down into Chetamal Bay, um, you, 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 the run takes you through the marine park and, and 
the run to your first cast from the time you leave the dock to the time you're actually pursuing fish is one of the shortest that I've in, encountered in, in, in the Yucatan. And uh, to be able to fish the, uh, the marine park in between, I think is gonna be um, really appealing to folks, especially in giving just different options for weather and, and different options for um, preferred species. And um, so what are your, uh, you've got uh, a handful of barrels already um, in the rack and you've got uh, a, certainly a, a, a few different varieties of beer in the, in the cooler. Any immediate and future goals for the, the brewing and, and distilling process? Well, we're in the process now of building a uh, rick house that will uh, hold about uh, 60 barrels. Um, since we only produce a couple barrels a month, that's going to carry us for quite some time. Uh, we want to try and get into some rye whiskeys and uh, some other artisan-style whiskeys that uh, are not available in Mexico. Uh, there's just three companies companies in the whole country of 120 million people that produce um, whiskey. So there's a large company, myself, and a Canadian distiller. Well, uh, we'll look forward to uh, trying it again uh, on return trips here, and, and I can't wait to see what you guys are able to do um, in, in the next couple of years as, as you kind of set the trend for what craft distilling and, and craft brewing looks like in, in this area of the country. And Dave, I, I really appreciate it. We've had a fantastic week at Costa Cocos and uh, an awesome evening checking out your home here. And, and, and thanks for taking the time to, to chat with us. I thank all you guys, uh, all four guys that are here right now are guides in Alaska and Colorado that have brought groups down in the past. And that's what we're looking for, people to have a good time and some good fishing and get to know the area. All right, man. Well, uh, saludos and uh, until we meet again. Exactly. <laughs>